Here we are, recording episode four, a continuation of our previous episode, which was on mixing workflow. And today we wanted to spend uh, quite some time talking about notes, revisions, and deliverables. But before getting into that, I'm going to reintroduce my wonderful co-host, Jennifer. Hey, what's up? Uh, Backstory. We are, not we, I am. We're not both pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) Nine months pregnant, you know, recording this with slight contractions and it's cool. Women can do it all. Yeah. And uh, I'm excited to be here talking with you. This is how much I love audio, guys. I leave my house to go and sit with Jennifer and record and talk about audio while also suffering all the joys of nine months of pregnancy. <laughs> You're doing great. Thank you. I Thank you. You can't, you can't tell. Besides the heavy breathing. <laughs> In my ears sometimes, <laughs> but it's, it's uh, good. That's so funny. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah. I know it's going off the topic, but I went for a hike today and usually I'm indoors all the time because, you know, You're we're an engineer, obviously. <laughs> so I went for a hike today with my dogs and I came back home and I noticed I had a 10. And <gasps> wow. I was out there only for like 30 minutes, I think. And, and I'm just completely, I'm, I'm brown. So I noticed instantly. And I was like, wow, that means I haven't been out in the sun for a minute. And my skin's like, yo, here you go. You know, so I definitely got like a mini 10. And some vitamin D. Yes, vitamin D. That's good, though. I'm jealous. The last time I went on a hike, I was, like, too out of breath. And I was oh like, I'm going to be stranded up here. <laughs> I know. Help. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, any fun projects you're working on right now? Uh, yes. I'm actually working on a whole project for this artist. And now that I'm into this whole Dolby Atmos thing, I definitely have to go back and export a bunch of stamps so we can start mixing it in Dolby so he can release the project in stereo and in Dolby Amos at the same time. Look at you. Dolby Amos queen in the making. It, it, it's, I love it. Yeah. I feel like when my mixes are like already kind of spatial and in, in stereo, yeah. I always try to use all those pans and, and different plugins that just spread out instruments. And I feel like I've been brought to this Dolby Amos adventure where I can now do it at a full capacity. Yeah. So that's pretty exciting. The training exciting. wheels have been lifted. Yes. That's yes. awesome. I'm super excited for you. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, printing stems and like going back oh, yeah. to sessions, you know, like I said, today we're going to be talking about receiving mixed notes and doing those revisions and then what to do once you wrap up a mix. So uh, turning in deliverables, stems, sessions, whatever is asked of uh, you from the client. So first, this is kind of not controversial, but I feel like it happens to mm-hmm. to us sometimes where you've turned in a mix pass. This might actually be like version four or five, seven, and you're, you're nearing the end with the, yeah. the mix with this client. But then they hit you with the, hey, I actually re-recorded the vocals or hey, I actually had the producer uh, re-export the stems with some different effects. Yeah. What the heck do you do? Because that happens to me sometimes. And it is kind of like throwing a fork in the road for me. Like, well, I thought we were almost done here. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> in order to build with a client, especially if you really like their music, 
I tell them, like, all right, send me the stems. But most of the time, I'll take those stems in. And it's rare that I say no. And if it's a, a kind of complicated client, then we'll discuss about maybe saying uh, if he can pay a percentage of the regular rate of the full mix. Yeah, I think it really only gets complicated when you've already turned in all the deliverables. Yeah. And then they hit you back maybe two months later. Yeah. Actually, like, decided to re-record the vocals and I added a background singer. singer. Mm -hmm. Then it's kind of like, all right, it's almost a new mix at this point. Yeah, if it's been a couple months, they have to at least give you a portion of the time it's going to cost you to go back into the session, refresh your mind, import those stems, and see how long it's going to take you to remix uh, that session with new vocals on it. Yeah, I feel like artists don't understand that it's not as easy as just replacing the files because it's definitely approached that way sometimes where it's like, hey, I'm just going to send you these stems and, like, send it back. And it's like, no, these are totally different. Like, uh, you know, the 808 might be in a whole different key at this point, yeah. and you actually got to tweak it. It's not just like an apply all plugin, and you're good to go. So it's important to have these conversations in the beginning in of the, the beginning, mix process, of which we touched on uh, on our last episode of just what can they expect from you, what is still acceptable but might incur an additional fee, yeah, just so there's mm-hmm. no surprises at the end of the road or in the future when they come back with some new ideas on something that's already been completed. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is one of my favorite things to talk about, though, is, like, actually getting mixed notes and interpreting them. Yeah. Uh, Because we engineers have our lingo. Yeah. And then there's, like, artist lingo. Yeah. And sometimes you get the comment of, like, hey, can you make it more green? Yeah. Or make my, like, my snares more purple and... I don't know, for some reason, a lot of my clients like to use the color palette to explain yeah. uh, their notes. Uh, how do you kind of start realizing what they mean? I would probably, if I really don't understand the revisions, I'll probably FaceTime them and try to go inch by inch through section what they meant. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, most of the time, they're trying to explain a sound that they heard on another song. Mm-hmm. So um, I will let them know, like, okay, send me that song where you, what you were listening to, what part you like. Yeah. I think uh, sometimes there's artists that are so clear with what their notes, and yeah. it's a blessing. I'm like, thank you so much. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. And other times, the best way to understand what they're saying is for that reference. Yeah, reference, yeah. Which, it's not their song. It's like a song that's already out. Out, yeah. And then you can be like, oh, that's what you mean. You want yeah. it like Travis Scotty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sometimes this does, like, hurt because then their expectations are like, why don't I sound like Travis Scott? Yeah. It's like, well, you recorded this in you know, your homie's bathroom. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> or they just don't have the voice for it. You yeah. know, there's been instances where it's like there's an artist who raps and then he tries to get into singing and is, they're not comfortable with their vocals and they're just really wanting to record R&B music or something like that. And you're trying your best for them to sound good. But in reality, it's just like you don't have... 
either you have to get really used to your vocal and, and train more, but at the moment you're not there. Right. And I, there is only so much I can do. And how do, how do you tell them that without like hurting them? Because that's kind of like a hard <laughs> thing to say. It's like, hey, you're not the best singer. Um, I, I would just be like, maybe not this song. <laughs> I, don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. Let's try a different song. Mm-hmm. And keep trying different tones and different uh, tempos and, and, and just keep practicing because this might not be the song. But That's true. Yeah. So I kind of give them a push where like, let's try something different. Right. So you're saying it's like maybe not for this song, but maybe another song. We yeah, because like, it's kind of very hard to just let them know, hey, yeah, this sounds whack, you know. But sometimes... They love that the artist, um, the engineer, I'm sorry, is honest. They super been, love that. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I'm just like, yeah, this is not it, bro. And then be <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I was thinking that too, you know, because they're like struggling through the recording process. And I'm just like, you know what, bro, I'm going to be honest with you, but this ain't it. You know, I, I don't know if it's the song, maybe that the song, the key is not t- according to your vocal range. So maybe we should try a different song. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like the way you say it also helps them understand like, yeah, maybe it's not the moment. Right. I think that's actually really awesome that you do that. The I'm going to plug one of my clients that I worked with. His name is Austin Harms, H-A-R-M-S. And I've never received such amazing mix notes from him. Like I was mm. excited to receive notes from yeah. him because, my God, this kid was so organized. He sent me like a PDF document and just was super clear uh, whether it was like small technical things where he would say like at 246, do you mind like bringing up the snare? Like those notes are easy. But then other notes of I actually really want uh, my hook vocals to sound a little bit more distorted like the way it's in the reference. But I really liked what you did with the first vocals. So keep it that way. Like having that. Clarity is, I mean, it just helps you so much. Exactly. And you're not, like, guessing what they mean. Yeah. And I, he would always apologize, like, sorry for my notes if they don't make sense. I was always like, what are you talking about? This yeah. is amazing. Client of the year. Of course. When they send you a PDF form or something, some bullet points, that is amazing. Because I've received voice notes, and I'm just like, mm. Like, <laughs> I'll go off and, and interpret them, but... I have to keep going back and going back and, like, listening to the voice note, you know, making sure he said the right thing. Um, But, yeah, client of the year. Yeah, because then, yeah, there's those notes that are just, what do you mean? Help me out here. And that's when you kind of got to call them. Mm -hmm. I'm always, like, I hate talking on the phone, but, like, if you call them, it really just does save time. Yeah, or FaceTime. FaceTiming, yeah. Especially if you don't know who they are. And they're a new client or you haven't seen seen them in a while. So it's like cool to just FaceTime them. And it shows that you're more interested in in, in their work. Yeah. Things don't translate all the time over mm-hmm. text or email. You know, some, it's like why you end up in an uh, argument with your partner. Yeah. It's like, oh, my God, I can't believe you said that in such a way. And it's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, I you're accidentally right. put an exclamation mark. It was an accident. Yeah. A typo. <laughs> no, you're right. Sometimes on my computer, I love t- typing in caps, but I'm not trying to scream at you. I'm just I just like seeing um, the lo- big okay. words. So, yeah. <laughs> so if I ever reply to you with capital letters, it's because I'm replying from my laptop and I'm used to having on capital letters. All my sessions... All my mixes and everything like that's like capital letters. Yeah. 
That's hilarious. Yeah. Now I know. If you ever yell at me over email. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I will say regarding taking things personal, one of the biggest uh, learning curves was f- not taking mixed notes personally. Yeah. And realizing that I'm providing a service and I'm working for the client and the music first and not yeah. myself and breaking away from my ego, even if I thought yeah. that my 808 sounded way harder in mix yeah. two than mix three, but they yeah. decided to go with mix three. Yeah. I'm like, all right, well, don't be upset, Crystal. You did your yeah. thing. Yeah. Like, how did you get over that? It took me a while to get over that, but I'm going to be honest because I remember the first revision I ever got for mixing and I still remember to this day and I got kind of pissed (laughs) but it was like a free mix too um I mixed it it sounded great I showed a couple people they're like yeah sounds dope sounds dope and then I sent it to the client and the client responds saying the producer says that you added reverb to the 808 and I'm just like what and I clearly didn't do that, and who would do that? And I've never heard of that. Maybe there's such a thing, but I definitely did not do that. So I was just like, oh, let me rebounce it and send it to you. And then he was like, no, he's like hearing reverb in the 808. And I'm just like, what the hell? So I honestly was like, whatever, I gave up. I didn't send the mix back. But that was definitely at the beginning of my career. I was just like kind of pissed off. I was like, this guy doesn't know shit, you know? Because <laughs> I had so many good approvals around me. And they were like, yeah, the mix sounds great. I don't know what he's talking about. And I'm like, exactly. I don't know what he's talking about. Then from then on to advance professionally, you got to understand that to not take anything personal. I will say I hate when I get mixed notes and it's like, you know, my grandma says that the kick needs to come up or the producer yeah. or yeah. my homie that also is in engineering school. I'm like, oh, man, because now I have like 20 people like yeah. commenting on it. Yeah. And that was uh, it's hard not to get upset. Right. Because you I, just really want to be like, you don't know what the fuck you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to sound. See, I was a little scared saying things. But honestly, like there is that moment where you're just like, bro, you don't know what you're talking about. I'll do the edits. And, you know, you go off with the mix. As long as you're happy, I'm super happy. Exactly. Mm-hmm. We we did talk about uh, one thing that we do in terms of, like, let's say there is something you're super attached to mm-hmm. in terms of your mix. Mm-hmm. That they have, like, something else in mind. Yeah. Providing options. Yeah. So I definitely do that. Yeah. Maybe I'll have my creative mix, mix A, where I decided to do some beat cuts or, you know, just something that wasn't necessarily asked for, but I think really fits the song. And then I just have option B, which is just the straight mix, uh, nothing extra, just hitting their revisions. Yeah. Uh, I think that was a big uh, opportunity for me to learn to not take it personal is by having two versions of the song. Having the one, like you said, the first one where it's just the revision notes and straight through. And then the second one is me being creative and, and just just cutting stuff away or adding more delays or just being very creative. So um, I'll send that in. Sometimes they'll like the first one where it was just the revisions. And sometimes they really like what I did to the beat that made it sound different. And uh, that kind of takes um, away from me feeling so personal about their revisions because I was able to provide two different versions where they have two options to analyze how the song can sound. And 
I guess when we were talking about revisions, we should probably clarify that too. This was also something that I learned uh, the hard way. Sometimes I'd get notes and I would like redo the entire mix when it was not necessary at all. But like, let's say I got a comment of the drums aren't hitting hard enough. Right. I've like slowly learned that like that can be fixed with like one dB of a boost. Or Or lowering the vocals. (laughs) Yeah, or lowering my vocals, you know, and that's it. And then I send it back and it's like perfect. Yeah. And I just think back to all the times where when I would get a note like that, mm-hmm. I would literally start again from scratch. And what a waste of time that was because yeah. that's not what was intended. Yeah, no, you're right. For me, I feel like the times where I would get a lot of revision notes, it was because I was not listening to the reference track. There was a time where I would mix, I would listen to the reference tracks once and then move on. Because I was like, well, the reference track sucks. <laughs> I know I'm going to make it better. Right. But I come, to, yep, I come to learn that, nope, in order to not get a bunch of revision notes, you have to listen to the reference track over and over, like side by side. I think Waves does this, like, plugin called ADTR, but it's like an A-B comparison. Yeah, it's with Plugin Alliance. Is it? I hope you're right, because I don't want to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, Plugin Alliance. And that plugin is is just amazing because you can upload different versions of the same song and kind of A-B them to prevent having so many notes from the client. Well, then it makes you look like an asshole too because they're like, <laughs> let's say you miss some chops right. or some like right. reverse reverbs that were yes. very obviously in the reference yeah. and you didn't do any of them. It's like, yeah. what the fuck? Did you not listen to the reference? Yeah. It really shows when you just skip over yeah. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, for, yeah, I guess revision, it's just less is more for sure. Don't yeah. go too crazy unless you absolutely hear mix and then have a conversation with them first. Yeah. Before you start again. Exactly. Exactly. And then when it's time to wrap up the mix, is a whole task of deliverables. Oh, yeah. That's very important. Key point. Uh, alert, alert. <laughs> All of that. <laughs> Every client is different. Some of them, you know, they expect stems, clean versions, instrumentals, masters, acapella, and even performance takes. You always have to approach the client from the beginning and ask him or her, what do they expect at the end of the mix? Do they need the session, anything like that? Yeah, deliverables can mean a variety of things. So just turning in the main or you can also be turning in the main and the clean. Yeah. Or the full package, which could be the main, clean, acapella, instrumental, yeah. and the performance track. Yeah. Sometimes uh, they could ask for a vocal up and a vocal down. Yeah. Again, you wouldn't know this unless you actually have a conversation with them yes. from the beginning of what are the deliverables. Or if you're sending it off to mastering, what does your mastering engineer need? What file format? Mm-hmm. All of these things you should address before you start doing them because printing deliverables takes a long time. Yes. Especially if you're doing stems and, uh, you know, zipping up the session, if it's being uploaded to a label. So you want to make sure you're turning in the right files from the beginning. Because the worst thing would be for you to not do it and then eight months later they come back asking for them. Yeah, you might and have you might stuff be going so on. busy. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. you might have stuff going on. Your computer might have now been retired, and yeah. it just you don't 
want to ever be put in that situation. I'm probably going to preach that every episode. Yeah. But it is so professional of you if you are able to deliver. And that means, you know, having things backed up, having all the sims printed, even if they're not sent off, at least you have them somewhere. Yeah. Having a session zipped up and saved somewhere, not just on your main drive, but on a backup. All of those things are important. Yeah, most of the time when I finish a project, I try to, before I take up another project, I try to just do the cleans first, print out the instrumental, and uh, put that in a folder already ready with their album name and underscore deliverables. I usually have MP3 and WAV versions of it. That's about it. I will say it is very, like, boring admin type work when you're just, like, yeah. printing all this stuff. But if you're starting off as an engineer or you're just trying to get into more rooms or get more experience volunteering or asking a mixing engineer that you might admire or you just follow them and you see that they get a lot of work, like, hey, would you mind if I uh, help you out and print your deliverables and right. prep your sessions? That is so key and they might really be into that and you mm-hmm. can get really good experience. Mm-hmm. You get the opportunity then to like see how other people are working and how they're working in their sessions, yeah. what type of files they're delivering, yeah. um, how they're going about that. Yeah. Just really good opportunity to get some work. Usually yeah. it's paid work as well and get connected. No, you're right. I remember one of my first uh, freelance gigs was with Dem Joins and I was bouncing uh, two tracks of his of the beats he was making at the time and I was loading them onto you know Dropbox or Box whatever it is and he had for him to have them ready in case an A&R hit him up um, asking for a, a pack of beats that was my first couple of weeks of me just bouncing exporting all these beats and it was kind of cool because I would open up the sessions and I would see what he would do and how he would mix them and I would see what kind of plugins he used, and it was kind of it was it was a lot of fun just kind of exporting Usher beats and stuff. Yeah, when I was interning at Platinum early on, and I was assisting Serge, I hated it because he would we'd be done with the session like eighteen hours later, and he'd be like, "All right, I'm out," and I'd be like, "Okay," and I'd spend another like three hours right. printing everything because mm-hmm. that's just what you do in his assistant, you yeah. know. But then you know how to do it. And when I moved on to become uh, Alex's right. assistant, I was like, yeah, I know how to print passes. And he's like, perfect. That's exactly what I need yeah. on top of other things. Yeah. So it put me in a good spot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so definitely get, get yourself a, if you're starting as an engineer, you can definitely get yourself an internship with a producer. That's a good idea. Or at a studio but, or, a mic, or even a mixer if you get really, really lucky. Yeah. That's a good uh, point to plug our next episode, which is actually going to be on working as a freelance engineer versus a staff engineer yeah. at a studio. So we're definitely going to cover that in our next episode. Check it out. And before we wrap up, I am going to put Jenny on the spot now <gasps> for right. two peak tips. Oh, my God. It's always like a, a surprise. I know. Like, we know it's going to happen, but... We don't know when it's going to come up. <laughs> Troopy tips. Troopy yeah. tips. Troopy tips. Troopy tips. tips on notes, revisions, and deliverables. Okay. Notes, revisions, and deliverables. Uh, okay. 
Go back and listen to the reference. Just go back. It's not that hard. Just go back. My second true peak tip is if, if you get the notes and you really don't understand what the artist or client is trying to say, FaceTime them. My last tip is when you're doing clean edits and you're taking out all the cuss words, listen back like five times, whether in headphones or you're sitting down on, in the back of the room, listen to all the song all the way through. Make sure you got all the cuss words because there's always one that slips out. That's my last third tip. <laughs> Oh, man. I could name so many times where I thought I was done with yeah. the clean. Yeah. There was like one, one hoe. I was like, oh, jeez. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Um, mine would be Crystal's true peak tips on notes, revisions, and deliverables. The first mm-hmm. one is speaking up for yourself. So when the revisions get out of hand, don't be afraid to have a conversation with the client and not get taken advantage of. Right. My second tip is also don't be afraid, but this time don't be afraid to ask questions. Similar to what you said, if you don't understand their notes, yeah, just give them a call and ask. Ask them to clarify. Ask for a reference uh, or a better example of what they mean. Mm-hmm. Don't try to guess it yourself. And the third one is uh, less is more. When you are doing revisions, it doesn't have to be extreme. Usually it's a minimal amount of work and tweaks that's needed on your end. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and that's it. That's all I got for you today. Those are good. Thank you. This time I actually planned ahead. Oh, okay. That's why I was was writing earlier and I lost my train of thought. I can't look at that sometimes. Okay. Yeah, and that's it. That's it, yeah. So please visit us at True Peak Hour on Instagram or truepeakhour.com. You can leave suggestions and comments and also drop us an email in our contact form. So all of that is available. You can also follow us on our private Instagram. Yes. I shouldn't um, say private Instagrams. You can also follow us on our personal Instagrams. Yeah. <laughs> mine's just public. <laughs> uh, mine's at uh, H-E-R underscore easy. Mine is J-N-Y dot mixed it. Jenny mixed it, basically, on Instagram. Perfect. And that has been another episode of True Peak Hour. Right. Powered by engineers. And we will see you next time. Next time. Hey guys, this is Jenny. You can now book us for mixing and mastering. You can find crystals and my profile at engineers.com or you can go to our website where we have links to our social media pages, engineers profiles, samples of our work, and also we provide virtual consultations for your mixes. If you want us to give you critiques, advice, and feedback, you can book us now at truepeakhour.com.